When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. It's time to cast off on a new adventure. This is Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Hello and welcome to Real Adventures. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Real Adventure Show, as well as Twitter and Instagram. Aaron Hapgood and Patrick Dangerfield joining you this morning. Redmond, you're one of Victoria's most prominent anglers. There's a fair bit happening when it comes to angling across the border. We're going to get straight into this. Um, a few weeks back, there was the proposal around a snapper ban, which is is now been the recommendation. Um it was announced that there's a statewide snapper ban running from November 1 this year until 2023, which is a significant introduction, has huge ramifications statewide um, for, for anglers um, in South Australia, not only anglers, but also businesses in these small rural towns that depend upon the tourism that snapper fishing creates. Um, what we've seen and what a lot of the, the reports um, from the industry have shown that the population has been decimated, so we're told, um, and the, the science behind it and what we've seen um, in regards to tests and everything in the Spencer Gulf um, have seen a decline by 23%, while the Gulf of St Vincent's um, has been absolutely destroyed um, with a decline of 87%. Um, which basically means it gets to a stage where it's so depleted, meaning the snapper population can't replenish itself without significant um, decisions made around angling. Now, we've got Shane Mentzforth coming on a little later in the show, Redmond, to talk about this in greater detail. But your first um, reaction to it when you saw there was a statewide snapper ban um, running from November 1 um, and running you know, right <laughs> through into to 2023 um just extraordinary yeah morning everyone and it's uh not how i would have liked to have started the show um would have i don't know it's we spoke about it a few months back or well, wouldn't even been a few months maybe a month back now and like you said when, and, when, when we heard rumors around yeah, this potentially yep. happening and there was no doubt um there was uproar, uproar from it and that's that's and, fair enough and it still continued the uproar um it's i've put a fair bit of research into it or a lot research into it like you said Shane's going to join us to cover all things from the South Australian side of things the commercial side the rec side the whole lot Shane yep. will cover it um, he's the expert but yeah it's, I think it's extremely disappointing that it's happened um, it's happened for a reason though Pat um, how could it should have it been fixed years ago um, is the question there's no doubt commercial fishing has Massive played impact. a big role mm, in this huge and could have that been done monitored a lot better three years ago um to have what 
us Victorians have right now with our fisheries putting in such a good play, uh, uh, sustainable um, situation. Yeah. yeah, the whole situation itself. And I'm, you, you watch an SA angler, and they keep promoting how good Vic Fish is. Um, they just keep they keep they keep posting it. Like, look what a good uh, management. I mean, uh, what happens when they put a really good management strategy into play, where what they've got now and. Um, I know it's really disappointing to see that it's put into play. Uh, I was hoping, you and I were both hoping to go over to South Australia to catch some snapper. and in the... <laughs> We'd actually organise uh, an early November trip to go and film, we... which now has been... It's not happening. We can't do it because um, of this very issue. Now, this is the case for, for a lot of people that will plan their trips around heading to South Australia. and The, the... tourism impact is going to be... Out of control. Well, the towns of, of, of the York and Eyre Peninsula, they're, in, they're heavily reliant on tourism, but the changes to these regulations mean many business owners um, questioning whether they'll have a future um, income in the future. Well, you might, um, you might know the numbers better in this case, but the government has helped support um, certain um, companies. So some charter boats have been given government funds. But the thing is, it's, it's not. It's not right. I know. It, but I know. it's not just the charter boats. Yep. It's the caravan yes, parks. It's the the local bait the, dude selling pillies. Exactly. The local corner shops. stations. The clothes shops around there because it, they are all relying well, on the if tourism. They go, they go on a family holiday. Um, I know that. Um, I know I'm not saying that. Um, women don't fish, but a lot of the time, like for example, um, the girls will go shopping when we go out for a fish. Like that's what my partner does. Yep. She goes. She doesn't want to come out for a fish, and she'll go shopping so for example if you and i to go we, we would fish marty and kari would go into town and go buy an ice cream or what it is so yeah well we're not going and they're losing money off us already so yeah, yeah. i think it's a um drastic how they've dealt with it it's obviously needed to be done it's that bad it needs to be done um they've put research into it but yeah i don't know pat we'll see what shane has to say in a we'll bit. have a chat we'll to shane a bit later on forth a little later on um that big brings into question the snapper, you know, epicenter of Australia. I'd put forward Western Australia. The catch rate out of there at the moment is quite extraordinary. We're seeing I can't let brilliant WA have it over us. I, just I know Port Phillip Bay <laughs> is known as a as a great snapper fishery. It but is. I tell you what, Western there. Australia fishing its absolute backside off. Redmond, the million dollar barramundi. Now this is a cool uh, cool thing that they're doing up there. The NT um, done it for many years now. They have so the million dollar barra. Uh, does swim around still. He's still in the water. He has not been caught yet. But, Pat, there's another another, another fishy um, getting tagged. Worth it is. A bit of so it kicks off next month. Um, the million-dollar barra has obviously been added. There's 126 barramundi that will be tagged yep. with cash prizes. Surely you can. Uh, you haven't caught a barra before, Edmund. Surely the <laughs> We're up there are, soon, so. We are. Um, well, there's 100 fish worth 10K. Yep. Um, there's another 20 um, with a purple charity tag and that's worth 5000 to be split between the angler and their choice of a northern territory based charity so that, that's a great that's a great initiative i think it's wonderful do you think it's something that other states should employ like do you employ in port phillip bay it's a closed fishery relatively um, do you do it with snapper do you do it with whiting <laughs> don't know if you yeah. talk about target 1 million and that's a that's a um, a focus point for fisheries vic is this a, a way to engage anglers or are we <laughs> if you're promoting say, the wrong thing if you say whiting i can guarantee you i'll be catching a lot more if it's a million dollar whiting out there <laughs> <laughs> and i already catch enough as it is to cop a fair bit of hate but uh <laughs> yeah it's a i think it's a great initiative up there it's it's i don't know it's the million dollar whiting the I, million I, I like the idea of it <laughs> Uh, Trapman Bermagui's Facebook page, and you can follow us on our Facebook page, uh, Real Adventures 
show and on Twitter at RealAdventures underscore. Uh, they've reported that there's been a southern bluefin tuna recaptured after 14 years. Uh, it's grown 70 centimetres in that time, measuring in at 111 centimetres. Um, thoughts? Have you, well, have you heard of, of fish being caught um, I'm just, 14 yeah. years after capture? That's pretty impressive. 14 years is a long time. Um, no, I don't reckon... There would be something, but I, okay, I could top my head, no. I can't think of anything. What's um, You've obviously been catching some huge barrels of late. What's 111 centimetre fish? What's that, a oh. 70 kilo, 60 kilo? Yeah, not kilo? quite. Yeah, I don't reckon... I, it depends if that's short length or length overall. Um, I think our fish are around that 2 metre mark, the 100 plus ones. Um, I'm just, yeah, I think they're just... A, 100 kilo fish is, I think, just shy of two, two metres. Um, so that would probably be around that 50 kilo mark, I reckon. Nice. I'd have to, yeah, I'll actually get, mm, that's interesting to know. Um, also, uh, another government that's doing a great job is New South Wales. Um, yes. Putting into play their fads. Now, fads, if you don't know what it is, it's a, uh, it's a, is it a, it's a fish attracting device, isn't it? Well... It's an, I'm going to call. I, I always had it as a fish uh, attracting device or a fish aggregating device. Yeah, that's the they, hard word. That's what they say. <laughs> it's a fish aggregating device, but they have been uh, deployed along the New South Wales coast. Do you know whereabouts have they been deployed, Redmond? So basically, from Tweeds Heads in Coffs Harbour, um, that's that's right up the top north side of New South Wales, but right down to Eden. So right, my favourite place on the planet to fish. How many have um, they uh, put out there? So there's 30 fads coming. Um, they're going to be deployed right down the coast, and they're going to finish, like I said, down in Eden and roughly in November, um, weather permitting, obviously. Uh, in terms of the fish that you target around those fads, what generally do they attract that you've seen and um, fish for? It's, it's pretty simple. The first one I'm going to say is dolphin fish. Now, anything that floats in the water as such... Uh, such as a bit of seaweed or a stick, dolphin fish will hold on it. Hence why they put fads in and the dolphin fish hold on it. All it needs is a rope and the dolphin fish will hold. But what it does, it creates a place for bait as well. So bait will hold it. So you're going to see um, a different pelagic species. You're going to have sort of some sorts of tuna hold around it and you're also going to have the stick faces. Those big marlin um, right up the coast will hold off it too. Uh, obviously, it depends. Um, it depends where... The current is to, for for your certain species of marlin, whether it's a blue marlin, uh, striped marlin, or black marlin. We always talk about the current striped marlin. Really enjoy the the slacker water. The slacker water. They're a bit of a lazy species of fish, and off the edge of the updwelling, where your blue marlin likes your, your your ocean current on the edge of the shelf. There, you'll probably find them in that faster moving water. The big blue marlin. So, yeah, that's an awesome thing to see, especially someone who fishes out of Eden, and you catch a few marlin for the week, and you take a few mates up. You want to have a bit of fun and change it up and go catch some dolphin fish on plastics and um, casting stick baits out. They're, they're acrobatic fish, awesome looking fish, uh, and they get some big ones over a metre out there. So Especially if you've spent the whole day chasing big marlin yeah. and you haven't bought, uh, boated anything. Drop on the old and fat. The, and the crew's just had enough and they're like, all right, we need to just catch know, something. <laughs> bo- boost morale a little bit might be the perfect time. Uh, well, another, another good thing as well um, for the fads, putting another 30 in is, um, I think it was 30, yep. um, 30 in, uh, there's one off Eden now that gets hammered by boat traffic. So if they can split a couple up, instead of having six boats on the one fad, you probably have to have two and you can split up and hopefully the fish are holding on. If the current's right, you'll have different species of fish holding on different fads. So, yeah, it's good. Redmond, um, for $10 on Thursday the 10th of October, you and I have a, uh, a fishing talk. We're talking about fishing in the Bass Strait. We're doing it at Melbourne Marine Centre in Hallam. Um, I'm all going to MC the night because you're going to talk to the actual uh, facts yep. around 
Bit of fishing. Catching. <laughs> catching, not fishing. I Hopefully. Can, I can talk fishing all day long, just not the well, catching side can, of it. They things. can ask you about the new what's coming out in 2043 and they'll get a pretty good answer. <laughs> but, but if you are interested in coming to listen to Aaron and I talk crap, it's only 10 bucks per person. You're um, obviously not getting paid <laughs> 10 bucks per person. It's a, it's a love of the job sort of uh, job. Um, bookings are essential though, so if you are interested, visit Melbourne Marine Centre's face, uh, Facebook page for details. Uh, let's get into the show, but before we do, your week in fishing, just wrapping up the first segment. Squid eggs. Oh, I've had a prick of a week this week, Pat. The squid come in, they've dropped Have their you? eggs. Um, oh, just on the squid. Everything else yep. was good. But normally the squid eggs, I get a period of time to fish them. Boat traffic's been crazy. School holidays, first patch of eggs being dropped. They're getting hammered. But um, they're going to get better. And there's a lot of eggs right from Swan Bay right down to the Port Phillip Bay heads along the Lonsdale Bight. Gummies offshore were great. How nice was the weather this week? It was finally Beautiful. T-shirt yep. weather. That's what makes um, fishing a lot more enjoyable and... More boats out there to follow us, but that's all good. <laughs> but um, yeah, whiting were very good at the start of the week. A bit harder at the end of the week, I think, because that clearer water. Um, signs of life offshore, Pat. When I was fishing the gummies and the snapper, lots of bait, lots of birds, lots of could be tuna fish. So we're going to start to yeah, see so, the tuna roll. And through. there's a nice current that's pushing towards Apollo Bay, which is what we've waited for. Very. Very good chance of um, it pushing down towards us with a couple of big fish. Port Mac, Portland, still fishing great for barrels. There's a bit of heat on the old spear fishing um, segment, which is we haven't got enough time to talk about, but we spoke about it last week. And now the spear fishermen are well, angry at the spear fishermen. Uh, just add it into another segment. We'll pop it in, in somewhere show, else because uh, it created a huge discussion. Yeah, massive. So we'll talk about that a little bit later on. It's all coming up on Real Adventures. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Real Adventures show. This is Real Adventures. Plenty more to come. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time for the social club. If you've got a question for Aaron or myself, make sure you post your feedback and any messages that you've got. Well, you <laughs> to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Real Adventure Show or Twitter or Instagram. I've actually been terrible today. I like that. That was some, feedback. We're going to start up a new Facebook and call it feedback. For some reason, I haven't been able to sort of quite articulate it. You know how, how I, I feel every day. Would like. Uh, Jeremy Piven, right first question. What's he got for us? Hi, boys. Listen to your show last week regarding spearfishing. Spearfishing? Spearfishman. Try again. <laughs> I'm a Spearo. And totally agree, I wouldn't jump in the water with boats around. Interesting. Yeah, well, he basically took the segment out of the start of the show, and that's why we're going to answer it now. Um, basically, uh, I'm going to speak on behalf of the spear fisherman here. Uh, by a guy by the name of Dave, I won't mention his last name, has posted up on numerous social media pages. Yep. Very, very keen diver slash spear fisherman. Um, spears everything from everything. Uh, but he's heard numerous reports uh, from people on how bad the etiquette has been from divers, and they don't. And a lot of these divers are spear and fishermen. Uh, I'm going as good as you. But a lot of these spear, spear fishermen. fishermen, sorry, are um, they're actually not these spear fishing guys who have been out there spear fishing for years. There are a lot of guys that are giving it a go and going out and shooting hundred kilo fish. Yeah. Now, basically, what he said, he's heard from his spear fishermen going out there and doing it. There's a lot of people that are out there with no etiquette towards boats. And what he's written is um. Well, I'm going to say one of the things that he heard was jumping in right next to a local charter operator after he's working a bait ball and then telling him to 
F off because you have a dive flag up is simply atrocious, etiquette, and not doing anything to help us Spiros gain respect. Agree with that. I think how we need to monitor to this is if you're there first as Spear guys, I'm not going to say myself, um, but guys that are fishing as such yep. need to respect that, whether that's the person in the water. Either. I agree. You're there first. If you're there well, first. You're there it's first. your it's your bait ball. I think that's how etiquette works on the water. Um, and the, I, the only thing is, as a spear fisherman, if you're there first, well, no one can fish it. Yeah. Well, but you're there first, so yeah, I, I get. And it. it's not necessarily you can't fish it. You just need to be hundred percent mindful that that dive flags up for a reason. And what's the? How close can you come? I, as a, it's five knots within. I think it's fifty or hundred meters. It's five knots of a diver, so you can trawl around these divers in the water at a at a speed. Yeah, but I tell you what, you don't exactly want to be hit by a skirt and then dragged. No, but that's what I was saying last week. I've had a, one of those hooks in my foot. I'm not, and I'm not joking. I got it still there. Have you been, <laughs> have you been dragged four, uh, five knots? No, but I know how much that hurt when it went in, and that's the thing. This could hit you in the face, in the leg, in the foot, wherever it's going to hit you, and it's not going to end well. Another thing that he's also posted is guys had fish between three to six barrels on their boat at once from spear fishermen jumping in. Yep. With three people in the boat. So technically, they're in the rules and regulations of being in their um, catch limits. Yep. But this is what he's written. Please remember the message we are trying to promote is to promote to the, I'm allowed to say, promote to the greenies. I'll get in trouble saying that. Oh, I'm a greenie, so that's all right. Well, and okay, limit, what's your feedback? <laughs> let's limit the amount of fish that we choose to take. E.g., a 100 kilo tuna feeds a lot of people. You don't need to take that many. Um, I'm not a greenie in any way, but I also don't I, need... I, I did know that. Yep. <laughs> I also yep. don't need four barrels. Pat, I've let numerous barrels go this year. I've kept most two once because I had no tuna You've kept most two once. No, the I, most you've I, kept is two the most I've kept... We're going as good as each other. We're going to get sacked. Um, I've kept two barrels once this year. We are getting year. sacked today. Two barrels once this year I've kept. Um, and the, the, I've released numerous other ones. It yep. feels good to release a fish. Yeah, no, the I problem like is when you shoot it with a gun, you ain't releasing it because it's dead. Exactly right. So just be mindful. There's, I'm not saying just he's written the greenies. I don't agree with what he said there. It's not the greenies. It's people out there that... We just want a sustainable fishery. We just fishery. want a sustainable, sustainable fishery. We don't want to kill all these fish we have. I'm already worried about the amount of barrels that we've killed. I'm very worried about the barrels that we've killed uh, purely because the of... The fishery is so good oh, at the moment. It's Pat, so good. These Now, this is how I look at it. Now, because I just question how many people truly know how to dispatch of a tuna properly and actually eat it. And How I'll, many are just taking it because oh, it looks great in an Instagram photo? It looks unreal getting hanged up next to you. It does. It honestly does. It does. But it's not going to be good for our fishery. And now what I mean by that is we are one of the places in the world that has 150 kilo barrel tuna rocking up on a regular basis. And and I, and I let me in add good to numbers. that. Incredibly close to boat ramps. Incredibly accessible to all boat uh, to, to facilities right across our coast. Good waters. I know it can be rough at times, but respectable waters. Yep. You're not traveling 50 k's. You're traveling at what the other day it was six kilometers for me. Oh, I think it was six or eight kilometers. Crazy. It's crazy to catch 130 kilo barrel tuna. Port um, Bermagui was the tuna big tuna capital. Yeah. 60 fish. Excuse me. Regularly. Now. Think about this. Those fish that go there, we don't get them here. We don't catch those fish. We have 100 kilo fish. They're on their way to Indonesia to spawn. Are these fish missing them? Because they get the odd big one, but they're not having what we're having. Are they missing them? Mm. 
Uh, is this patch of fish the same school of fish that were here four years ago? And are we going to kill all of them in the one spot? Yeah. And I'm I'm part of it. I am. I'm I'm kill. I've killed them. I've have. I really. But are we going to destroy something? that we have so good at our doorstep as Vic Fishers. Fishers. Well, we've seen what's happened across the border, haven't we? Well, yeah. So, I don't know, Pat. Like, it's a good discussion to have. Um, yeah. Just got to be mindful. Yeah. Last question. Um, Jeff Jones. No, Jeremy Piven. Jeremy, yeah, no. you go. So, Sorry. Jeremy Piven was that. Bill Clifton's the next one. He's asked about cans. Oh, yeah, he has. Hi, you fellas. In front of you. Hi, fellas. Um, you spoke about cans last week. What fish are you going to be targeting in that region? Everything. What, what can't you target? You, to be honest with you, you know the area a lot better than myself. Well, um, I've been up there a few times. Yep. Um, fished up there a few years ago with Paul Worsling. We chased GTs. Off Mission Beach? South Mission Beach, yep. So we're going we're gonna to do that, Redmond. Um, the other thing that we're going to try and do, and it all depends on weather for us, obviously, we've got a 7.5 metre north bank heading up there, and at that time of the year, it's the juvenile black marlin run. So we're not going to go out and chase grandies, hunt 1,000 pound fish uh, um, uh, you might not be <laughs> you're keen to <laughs> yeah let's go uh, but we are we are keen to to have a bit of a bit of a play around yep. and hopefully um fish for some juvenile blacks which this time of the year like they're not massive fish you can get them on stand-up gear you they're don't fun. have to have fifth fun you know 50 wides to chase shallow them. water too yeah so we're, we're keen to do that um barrow fishing it is another one that we've uh we're teeing up, and I've, I'm catching the million dollar. You were catching your well, you're catching your first barrel, but I've got a little bit of a, of a surprise for you once we get up there. No, I'm scared. Teed up a little place that apparently is crystal clear water. Um, I'm not going to say it's never fail, but it's not too bad. GT is going to be on the menu. Coral trout on the menu. Everything. It's, it's a great fishery. Everything. Pretty warm this time of the year, so we're taking our families. You're taking your uh, beautiful fiance Carrie. I'm taking up my family. So we're and the little Terra Georgie boy. And the little Terra Georgie boy. So there's, it's all happening. I can't believe he's catching a hundred thousand pound marlin with me. Oh, exactly. <laughs> he might be dragged into the sea. Uh, that is the social club. If you've got a question for Aaron or myself, make sure you fire away on Facebook.com forward slash Real Adventure Show just, as well just as don't, Twitter. Just don't make them hard. <laughs> As well as Twitter and Instagram, this is real. This is real adventures. <laughs> We're getting sacks. We won't be here next week, but there's plenty more show after the break. <laughs> On real adventures, it's time to get all aboard for Dometic Mobile Living Made Easy. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time for all aboard for Dometic. Mobile living made easy, whether you're on the road or out at sea. Dometic has you covered. Our special guest this morning is Shane Mensforth from SA Angler. Shane, there's been huge news out of South Australia over the past fortnight with the the, the imminent snapper ban. This has huge ramifications uh, for the state's recreational fishermen, but so many industries that rely on uh, snapper and what snapper brings for the local economy. Um, it certainly affects you. How's it been felt? Because it's, it's quite extraordinary. Pretty amazing backlash, mate. Was, it's about what I expected. Um, a lot of very upset people, particularly guys like charter operators and uh, fish and tackle retailers, marine dealers, coastal accommodation houses. You know, they're all, all going to feel it this summer. It's going to be going to be a nightmare. I know we I know we spoke about it a month ago, Shane. But just we're just going to start a little bit again. The the rules come in, Pat. That we spoke about at the start of the show that you can't catch snapper in South Australia from November the first 
for a few years, 2023, which is a long, it's long time. More than time. a few years. It's, yep. Yeah, more than it's, 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 it's a long time. Um, that's, four, that's four snapper seasons. Four, four, yeah. four seasons. Four snapper seasons. Now, we spoke. you spoke about charter boats. How are you going to see that affect them in, what, Pat, would you say, next four years? Are there going to be any charter boats on offer after that? Because they're going to, honestly, as bad as it sounds, they're going to have to shut up shop. Well, I've got a couple of close mates who run charter businesses, and, and they, they're telling me that Snapper is 65 to 70% of their annual business is Snapper. Right? They do a bit of long-range stuff for Kings and Sam's and Tuna and a bit of whiting, but uh, without them, they are in diabolical trouble. And, yeah, I can, I can see a couple of them closing up already, so uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a disaster for those guys in particular. Snapper, um, when you think of Snapper in Australia, you immediately think the home of Snapper is South Australia, it is what has, as as well as many other fish, but it, it is the most famous fish in South Australia because it's what we all we know, know the fishery to be. Um, in terms of the ramifications that, that come back on, on tourism, do you think they've thought through the process around banning it with just how this will affect so many rural communities? Well, it, it's been intriguing that our Minister Tim Whipstone is... Uh, some of his portfolio looking after the regions in South Australia as well as fisheries. Um, yeah, and uh, I'm terribly popular with a few of those guys. Uh, the SA's regions are not doing particularly well as it is to, to pull this out from under them. It's, uh, yeah, it's just going to make a, a bad situation even worse, mate. So where to from here, Shane? Is there anything that can be done, do you think, to try and reverse this? I, I, That's what I was about to ask. It's not going to be like... It's hard and fast, but if there's a is there if is there a possibility if there's enough community outrage and outcry and feedback um, that it could potentially be reversed, or is this a really uh, uphill battle? It's, yeah, it's set in stone now. Unfortunately, I think there's not, nothing we can do except uh, move on and try and make the best of what's what's left. You know, we've still got plenty of other good fish to catch here, no doubt. But as you were saying, the snapper is our iconic fish. It's what we're known for. It's what Victorians and New South Wales people come here to catch. Shane, and uh, oh, sorry. it's not going to be doing it anymore. Shane, now, it's, I know it's a bit late now. To, I know we spoke about it. It's a bit late now, but what should have been done? As all us anglers, including yourself, the caravan parks, the charter boat boys, what should have been done? Well, we, we should have been. We should have had our wreck uh, catch cut back, no doubt. You know, people would have been happy to take one snap home as long as they could still go out and catch one and keep fishing. Obviously, I've cut the, the pros right back to a very, very small, small uh, quota. And just given that, the snapper would have recovered gradually over time. But, but uh, this knee-jerk complete total ban is uh, yeah, it's just, just a nightmare. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty upset about it. But I know thousands of, of, of others are as well, mate. So we've just got to move on now and just uh, do what we can. As bad as this sounds, and I probably shouldn't ask Shane this question, but people... Um, are going to go out fishing? Um, are they? You think they're still going to target uh, snapper? If accidentally target snapper, if that with the older hands up here, Pat, are people are going to accidentally catch snapper because it's a great sport. They fight hard, um, not necessarily take it home, but are they accidentally fishing for a mulloway or a flathead and they go out and have a bit of sport on the snapper? You know what I'm trying to ask there? Yeah, look, there will there will be snapper bycatch. Um, you know, even some of our our whiting, our King George whiting fisheries, they, there's a lot of small snappers. You know, when I'm saying, you know, two, three kilo fish get caught, and uh, they've got to go back, and they come. A lot of those fish just don't recover because they've got on light tackle out of deep water. 
But uh, I know you, what you're saying between the lines, sort of fishing. Yeah, there will be, I'm sure. Yeah. I won't be doing it because I can't, can't afford to, but uh, I know there's something to do. Um, so the band, now, the bands come in, um, it's not just big snapper either. It's even your pinkies. Now, I don't know what your legal size fish is in South Australia where you're fishing. I think it's 38. 38, 30, 38 yeah. No, it's, it's, all, it's all fish, mate. It doesn't matter how. So it's just all fish complete. Yeah, see, that's... Yeah, I'm not commenting now, Pat. That's your turn now because that's... um, Yeah, that's not fair. It's hard. Now, let's... We're going to have to we'll move on to something slightly more positive. It's far more positive. Shane, you have been running bar crushes for a very long period of time now. Anyone that uh, subscribes uh, yep. to SA Angler would know that. Um, yep. You have a new boat, a Bar Crusher 670 XT. It's quite yep. interesting. It is a centre console. I believe it's the first centre console. It comes you've... with a um, bigger set of you-know-what than me because I give Shane... <laughs> <laughs> The old centre console, Pat. can get cold in uh, <laughs> in South Australia in winter, Shane. How have you found it? Have you got you a bit of a report for us? Because it's well, a mean-looking so weapon. I, I can tell you it's only been on the water once. We only put it on the water for the first time last week. Um, and that was in the Port River, which is dead game, but <laughs> obviously. But uh, look, we've designed a clear system that's going to keep the water off, off us at the helm. Um, and just the amount of physical space that this boat gives you for fishing is... I don't mind getting a little bit wet every now and again, mate. There's a lot of times I've, I've got a boat like this to fish from. What, what size is it, Shane? Before. Sorry? What size is it? 6.7. 6. With, yes, with a 200 on the back. It goes like a cut snake. It really goes well. Um, have you got set it up on the front of it? Um, any electrics, uh, not electrics, any electric motors or anything up the front? Well, I've, I've got a, I've had, them, had the boat made with a provision for an electric motor to go up the front. We haven't, I haven't got it yet. Um, I can't afford it just at the moment. As soon as I can, I'll put one up the front. You know how effective they are when you're spot blocking and fishing offshore. So there will be a mincoater on there shortly. I've got a beautiful hummingbird, 15 inch in there at the moment, which is sensational. And there'll be a mincoater talking to it very shortly. Talk to us about that hummingbird. It's been a bit of a game changer for for hummingbird in the electronic space. Um, we yep. seem to see them everywhere now. Um, you've been pleased with it. Well, so we haven't. I haven't done a lot with it to be honest, but we. Uh, we went for a ride up into the Port River the other day, used the side scan. The side scan is just magnificent. You know, it's the first hummingbird I've had for a little while. Uh, we've had all sorts of other good gear in there, but uh, I just couldn't believe how good the side, the, uh, side imaging is on this thing. It's just brilliant. Uh, we, we picked up bait schools, you know, 100, 150 feet off the side of the boat. And it, it's just going to revolutionise the way we go fishing offshore when, you know, when we get out there. Well, let's stay a bit while we're on a positive track, Pat. Uh Yes, the snapper fishing is gone as of the 1st of November, but there's plenty of other species in South Australia. It's not just snapper. Let's Absolutely. help Let's help out the local two, uh, the, the whole the whole, the whole whole state from um, to caravan parks to petrol stations. What other species of fish can we um, can we target from now onwards? Well, the tuna shouldn't be too far away. You know, we've, we've got a really good summer bluefin fishery. How do you know? We, we did that together a little bit while you were in SA. Um, the King George watering available all year. The Mulloway are just coming online now. Yeah, spring, summer, it's brilliant. Mulloway time down here. and Look, everything's great. You take the snapper away and we're still at a very, very good fishery. It's Absolutely. A little bit disappointing. Yeah. Well, Shane, we really appreciate you coming on Real Adventures this morning and talking us through um, all things South Australia and the South Australian snapper fishery. Um, we love SA Angler. We love, I certainly love getting uh, the magazine in the mail. I still get it, Redmond. Um, so thanks for coming us on Real Adventures this morning, yep. Shane. No problem. Is he still, still backlogged with payments? He hasn't fixed you up yet, Shane, for all those magazines? 
No, 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 no. It'll happen eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. For... Hey, just keep, keep telling me that, that fantastic uh, real, real brand clothing, mate. I love it. <laughs> It'll be in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Shano. Cheers. Yep. Shane Mensforth from SA Angler. You can just tell in the dejection in his voice that it is it is hitting home just how significant this is going to be for South Australian fishermen. To put it into perspective that anyone that follows uh, myself and my fishing, it would I wouldn't have a job anymore. Yep. Um, maybe a little bit of radio, but um, as in my soul guide business, yep. um, Snapper, it, it brings people... Out of the woodworks, it brings people takes the, love snapper. People thrive off them. They see those red fish, Mate, those a, orange fish. On a five knot southwesterly wind, the bay top end looks like a city on the water. Pat, there is boats. You can walk from boat to boat. I'm in the business to make money. If they take that from me, what did Shane's numbers before? I think he mentioned seventy percent. I'm pretty sure. Yep. Of of their money, and I'll tell you what, it's not far off that for me too. Um, with Salt Guide and even the charters that I used to do, I don't do them anymore. But it, it, it yeah, it hurt. It, it, someone like me who's he sort of can feel the pain in a way without feeling it. It's um, yeah, they, it's they have just destroyed yeah. the livelihoods. It has so to be another way people. to monitor it. There has to be other than banning it. Um, but in saying that, it must be that bad. But I don't think they've thought it through. It's time for Red's review. Redmond, um, we'll put you to work this week. One of the things that is essential in any boat is a good bait setup, a yep. good bait prep area. So, of course, naturally, it's purchasing a bait board and there's a huge variety of different products that you can buy. Um, but we'll put you to work around what you recommend, what you buy off the shelf. If you don't fish too much, what's the right thing to fish for? And if you are into your fishing, just spending that little bit more with with accessories that are really going to help you out. Um, firstly, I'm going to say a lot of... To do with cost, a lot of manufacturers now are actually incorporating bait boards into the boats themselves. Which is the case in with my your Stabie yep. craft. The Stabie's got a – and I'm not pumping them up because it's it's I've got it. How good is it? The bait station is Brilliant. built in. But there's a massive downfall with my bait station, um, which they have fixed now. But in my boat, it leaks water. So yep. it leaks and sprays everywhere when you've got the live bait tank because it's actually under the bait board itself. Yeah. And that is a pain in the butt. It's it's really annoying. But they have fixed it. So what they've done now, they've actually sealed it all off and put lids on top of it now. So they fixed it straight away, which was great. They listened to the consumers who was buying the boats. Which is the most important thing from any boat manufacturer, that you listen to the it, people that are is, fishing out of them. It is really annoying. Now, look, look, you get squid and you move to a spot and it sprays all out of the boat and it's all on the ground and you stop the boat and it washes up. So it's a great fix by Stabycraft. So if you are buying a new boat now, awesome fix. And you can also fix it yourself really easily too or get... Your local dealer to fix it too. They'll probably sort you out for a, for a little bit of cash as well. But um, yeah, buying a bait board is one of those things. You need it no matter what. You need it whether you're, you're rigging up um, skip baits for a marlin or you're cutting whiting baits because it's just a station to work from and it keeps the boat clean. Yeah, well, it does exactly right. You're not cutting on um, on uh, cool boxes. You're not cutting on the ground side of the boat. It it looks after things. Now, you're, I'm going to get you in on this with me as well. But basically, your options are is your plastic. So your entry level, we're talking, yep. and and this is just a generic product, literally, that we've looked up through BCF, through Anaconda, Tackle World, but Ocean South, Ocean South as a brand, um, you know, entry level at around the 40 buck mark. Yeah, well, I've got one here. They're literally a- input rod holders. 
and then they've obviously got that pivoting mechanism that are the plastic teeth that are a bit of a, an issue if you're going to you know put decent sized fish on a double bait board. Yeah, well I've got it. Um, I've got two on the my screen as we speak, and one's I think forty eight dollars, and this other one, which is the larger one's one hundred and sixty dollars, which is obviously for a bigger boat. Um, the only problem with those is, and I had one on my old yep. um, CJ. You don't want to put anything big on it because I remember putting a uh, a small thrasher on it. And it, threw, and it was brand new at the time, and it moved, and all of a sudden it just destroyed all those plastic teeth, teeth and it was just, you know, th- just threw um, away a couple hundred bucks. Another bad thing with them is, I know they're affordable, they are affordable, which is good, because they are cheap, but you're going to have these issues that we're talking about, where yep. this is the issues you're going to have with them. Um, when you're driving as well, your natural bounce of a boat will actually move those gears. Happens, so yeah. If exactly. you've got baits sitting on them, so you set up for the whiting, you've cut your pippies, um, your squid, and you've got them sitting in the, you're sitting them in like the side bit of the um, the holder. Like, what would you call it? The lip of it, I guess you would call it, where it drops yeah. down. It will move, and your bait will end up all on the ground. That's the purpose of having a bait board, uh, not to have that to happen. So that moves us into spending a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and when we're talking a little bit more, we're talking sort of three hundred plus dollars. Baitmate are a, a really good brand that both you and I have, have seen online. Um, they have drawers, which I really like because it means you can put your um, your tackle away. It's not going to get hit by any of the spray. Um, but being made of aluminium, they're really sturdy. Yeah, you've also the uh, another option um, with your fiberglass as well. I'm just going to go bounce between the two of them to compare um, the prices. Like depends on the quality you're going to get, but yeah. what I mean by this, your, your fiberglass um, ones, which they have their stainless poles, Pat, that go into the boat, but they're sturdy, really, really sturdy. Now I know Edencraft, they do their own custom um, bait board, great bait board, awesome bait board, but there's numerous other companies that do it too. But you're looking onwards of between four hundred to sometimes eight hundred dollars. Well, I know my Northbank one was about eight hundred bucks. Yeah, see, it's it's a lot of money. It was really high quality stainless steel, um, you know. The fiberglassing was brilliant, but you are paying for that. But at the same time, that's why boat stands for bring out another thousand. <laughs> that's why I've got nothing. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, like you said, your aluminium before, they're sort of between that 450 to 550. Very, very sturdy. Very, very good. But I just don't think they look that great on a glass boat. Yeah, I just, no, they, they do don't, look like a tack on. They do, they do. They look like an, an added accessory. We're on a, on a boat like my, my one or even your little Staby Pat, um, it would suit really well. Yep. Um, but you're looking between sort of 450 and 600 bucks again. But then you've also got these ones here, the Deluxe Bait Board 4-Rod Holders. Now, this is a, it's from Menace Marine and they've obviously customised their stainless towards it. So head to Menace Marine if you want pictures or, or details, details on yep. it. Yep. And basically what it is, pretty simple. It sort of looks like a bit of Teflon on the top. It's got stainless work around it, but it's got four rod holders that point up on the back. Now, for me, having those there, I, the, the unit itself, for me, um, it's great for a little boat and for a working station, but those rod holders on the back, you're not going to troll tuner out of them. They're probably not, you don't want to run. Uh, eight kilos of drag out of that with a tuna where, uh, for example, your fiberglass ones that you, you, you get moulded into the actual um, or drilled into the actual fiberglass itself, they are very sturdy and strong and you'd, you'd put your $1,000 Tiagra in there. With these, you're not going to trawl out of them. Basically, they're only good for travelling. Um, for me, it's not really much of a purpose uh, for travelling when you've got your combing racks and your normal racks up top. So you'd rather have something 
purposely built. So if it was snapper axe, it's an added addition that you can you can screw into it or remove yep. rather than having something that looks good. Yeah, it's got four yep. old holes, but in terms of its functionality, yeah. ap- apart from travelling with them, they're not much use. Yeah, spot on. Exactly right. And they're still about 300 bucks, and that's for the stainless work, obviously, because they've moved it around. So probably worth a dollar for whatever if you need to buy something like that. But yeah, bit of practicality. What was that word? Practicality? Practicality. That's a pretty good word for me. I think it is. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a big believer of bigger is better. It doesn't necessarily... You don't want a bait board that's the size of a dining table, but you want a good-sized bait station that you can still fillet fish on at but the end of the day. But sturdiness is the key, I think, Pat. I think those cheap ones, not quite sturdy enough. The aluminium ones are great if you've got an aluminium boat. Um, the fiberglass are awesome. They're always great. And you can also customise them probably into your boat. Most dealers will probably help you out there. That is Reg Review. If you've got a review or a product that you would like us to review, make sure you comment on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Real Adventure Show, or Twitter or Instagram, and we'll get Aaron right onto that. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. It's time for Red's tip for New Age Caravans. Spring into summer sale now on Redmond. Mm. Yes, Patrick. Your tip, please. Oh, righto. So the tip this week, it is squid season. Yes. What I mean by squid season, it's, you know, the good thing about squid season is it's actually all year round. So it isn't squid season, but it's big squid season. So they're coming in to drop their eggs in Port Phillip Bay, uh, Western Port as well, some seriously big squid off Flinders, which is great to see. Uh, Mount Martha as well, there's some really big ones out there. Uh, but the tip is... Any time of the day in terms of, sorry, just to butt in quickly, yep. best time to target Tidal. them? Tidal. Yep. Understand your tides. Yep. If you can time it with a sunrise, sunset, you're winning. But I don't look at that personally. I just follow the tides. That's my main thing. Just following the tides. Fish off a moon. So I always talk about my moons. Off a moon, I fish... Um, how do I explain it? So when you lead up to a moon, your tides slow up. When you get off a moon, so exactly where we are now in between the new and the full, the tides are running quite quick. So on the new moon, I'll fish the last hour and a bit of the tide and leading up to the slack water. Where off a moon, when there's no tidal movement, I like the flow. So I'll actually fish it when it starts to run rather than when it's actually coming towards the slack. Just because no flow, no go, as they say. So a bit of tide, and that's, um, you'll find yourself some, um, some squid. But back to the scalar bag. Uh, it's not actually, shouldn't be called a scalar bag, it should be called a squid scalar bag. Because the tubes that you don't get are great. And now the reason I say this, the downfall of doing this is... Actually, you, you can do it to get tubes out of it. It's a little bit harder. But what you're going to do with the squid is catch a squid. Now, picture the squid's in your hand. You hold its head, and over the back of your hand, which is away from you, yep. you let the squid tube fall. You get your knife, and you run your knife through the tube of the squid. And that's all you do, and you put it in the scaler bag on a rope about 10 metres from the boat. And what this does is it rips the head out of it, and it cleans all the skin off the tentacles and the head as well, because some people like to eat tentacles. Yep. I don't. But also... It um it cleans the the tube to perfect white tu- uh sorry not tubes it actually opens it up so it's a flat bit of uh, squid and I like to cook my squid that way I don't actually like rings I like flat bits if you do like rings if you take the top off the squid so the first couple of centimeters of the hood and then actually pop the head out yourself that'll turn them inside out and clean them and you will get rings as well but I don't do it that way so a scaler bag you can get them from five bucks right through to one hundred and fifty bucks five buck ones work a treat and that there is going to make you have some seriously clean squid because there's nothing worse than getting home in the sink and trying to clean your squid and inks everywhere. It gets rid of all the ink, the mess, everything's done for you, and it works a treat. 
That was Red's tip for New Age Caravans. Spring into summer sale now on. Visit your local dealership for more details. It's time for the flying gaff, and there's, the gaff is going nowhere other than the South Australian government for the uh, imminent or implemented three-year snapper fishing ban, which is going to destroy the livelihoods of, of countless South Australians. It's going to put huge pressure um, on the towns of, of York and the Air Peninsulas. Um, the the far-reaching ramifications of this for tourism in South Australia are enormous. Um, there's no doubt we understand um, just how precious the snapper fishery is to the state and how important it is to make sure that it is healthy, it is as healthy as possible. But I can't help but feel a a reaction to it by just banning it straight out mm. is the answer. Um, very, very, it happened very fast when there are just so many people that rely upon it. So, yes, I understand the importance of preserving the fishery. I think we all do. We all want it to be as sustainable and and as healthy as possible, but we also need to understand the people's livelihoods that depend upon it. So the flying gaff heads to them um, this week, Aaron. Um, it's important that we all support the snapper fishery, uh, the, sorry, yeah. the South Australian fishery as I, much as possible. I said something wrong before about us pulling the pin on it, which we have pulled the pin on that trip because we were chasing snapper. But I think it's important for people like you and myself to go over there Absolutely. and still fish for Mulloway and the rest of the species that is on offer to support the caravan park and give them our 300 bucks for the night, for the two nights. And well, We're waiting yeah. for the Samson fish that we'll be taking a little bit later once the, uh, the and king water fish warms too. up. Exactly so, right. Yeah, just support them. Go, even if you, it's your annual trip there and you're going to pull the pin on it and you've been doing it for eight years, go there and just do something else. Just give it a go. There's so many other good... Fishing, or do what I said earlier in the show and accidentally catch snapper. <laughs> you cannot recommend that. <laughs> this has been Real Adventures. We're going fishing. Thanks for listening. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91